uh, kind of expressed, uh, you know, a similar, you know, kind of behavior. And so it, it, funny, it, it, funny that you brought that up, but let's unpack that a little bit because thinking through, um, and, and, and I know we're winding down, so it, it, it'll be interesting for me to hear, you know, I have very similar characteristics and, you know, obviously we have, we have shared values. Um, but how do you, from a mindset perspective, knowing, uh, you know, that passion and commitment, uh, you know, to deliver, right, for clients, for the team, for the people that, uh, you know, you love and care about, your beautiful family, uh, et cetera, um, how do you prepare, right? Can you talk through, like, a little bit about preparation, um, because if if you have such a passion for, um, you know, not wanting to lose or fail, then that it's going to take a lot of preparation, right? I find that, that those people who are more prepared, you know, and, and working directly for you and with you, uh, I know that you are, I don't want to say maniacal, um, but you never walked into a meeting unprepared, ever. So, so, so listen, you just brought up Kobe, you brought up Michael Jordan, you know, these are athletes that trained and prepared 365 days a year. They didn't play 365 days a year, but they trained and they prepared. They were, you know, they, to your point, they were maniacal about their preparation and it's not much different. I mean, I, I, listen, you're working out constantly, right? You, you've got a great <laughs> regimen. You, you, you physically have to be ready for it. Mentally, you have to be ready for it. It is like being an athlete. I mean, you 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 have to live a life that uh, allows you to succeed professionally. It mm. all goes together. So that preparation begins with your personal life, how, how you take care of yourself, how you put yourself physically and mentally in a position. Uh, there's a lot of stress that goes with dealing with these challenging situations. And you've got to be able, right? You've got to be able to, 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 to be able to weather that as a human being. And mm -hmm. you do that through a variety, I think, of preparations. But, you know, if you're going to work a 19, 20 hour day, uh, you got to have your head on right. And physically, you got to be in shape to do it. So there was always that component of it. You know, the other thing, a lot of it is perspective, Donnie. You know, you brought up the family component and others. You, you do have to constantly bring perspective to what you're doing and, and what you're working on. And while it's incredibly important, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes to be able to compartmentalize, so not to look at the big picture all the time, which could sometimes be very, very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But to break it down as you're thinking about it and acting upon it uh, into much more digestible chunks. So perspective uh, has a lot to do with the ability to be able to really manage some of these uh, challenging situations. But there's a lot of mental prep. You know, you, you brought it up earlier. I sat on the sidelines for about a year uh, after I left Prescani. And as I began to kind of get back involved mm -hmm. in board positions and now with Abundant, I had found that some of that memory was gone, mm -hmm. I, right? It's just died and maybe it's human nature. So to, to get back to more of that regimented routine that's associated mm -hmm. with how I like to work or operate was a key component of me sort of re-entering into the marketplace and, and taking on additional responsibilities. And so it's easier when you're younger yeah. Uh, I can tell you now at 56 years old, it's not easy. And uh, and so, you know, as you're kind of evolving through your career, uh, it, it is important to keep a keep perspective and a healthy balance. If if you can't keep a healthy balance, the things that motivated you at work, those challenges, those are the same things now that can that 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 can get you jaded or or that yeah. may not like your job. And so you have to really find 
um, that balance. And the last thing I'll say is you need to, as a leader, the best leadership uh, uh, advice I had received was from another CEO uh, saying, you know, as you evolve into uh, a CEO, um, you, you, you have to shed your old, old responsibilities. And, and by mm. you have to get people that you, know, you can trust that can really carry the, the torch, if you will, on those responsibilities and then allow you to do your new job. And sure. so, uh, you know, that that evaluation of talent and putting together a management team that shares your values, has that same type of work ethic and mm. bring you the type of talents necessary for you to then do your new job. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly important. And so uh, it, it mm. is you, you've got to put yourself in the right position to succeed. And, and that sure. has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, this will this will be the final thing just uh, as we're coming up on time. But, you know, just it, it, quite a few gems, man. I really appreciate your candor and and uh, and all that about your journey. Um, you, you shared with me, uh, you know, kind of with your 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 new uh, responsibilities and things that you're doing, uh, you know, a statement that I'd, I'd like for you to at least as you're kind of leaving, share with folks, because I think it was powerful. Um, you know, can you talk about, um, you know, choosing, um, you know, having the opportunity to choose the people that you work with um, and and just, you know, it, you, you talked about shared values and all of that, but the importance of, you know, really the people, right? You, it's been a theme of everything that you shared with us today and just how critical is that and just encourage folks, you know, as they're e- evaluating opportunities and stuff like that, how important are people you know, as you're evaluating opportunities? Well, there's nothing, there's nothing more important. And I think when you're younger, um, you're not in a leadership position, you don't always have the chance to make those determinations of who you're going to work with. Mm-hmm. By happenstance, some of those may end up being great relationships. And by happenstance, some of them don't. But I would say some of the best learnings I've had from executives that I've worked for, mm-hmm. how they have or haven't dealt with personnel uh, mm. together, the team that not just has the complementary skill sets or capabilities, but has the type of, uh, of uh, they're the type of person that you want to work with that are honest, hardworking, good, all of those basic things. Mm. And it, it was kind of, it's a head scratch at me sometimes that when people display behaviors that maybe are you know, counter to what you and I are talking about here, mm-hmm. how sometimes people turn a blind eye and allow that to continue because they're a good performer, a good salesperson or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And to me, none of that ever works out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you have a personnel issue, you, you, you've got to act on it. You have to act on it quick. You have to surround yourself and hire people that are reflective of the values that you want your company just simply to be known for. Uh, it's incredibly important. And we live in a day and age where, you know, it's, it's, you know, I hate to use the word cancel culture. Um, but, but, you know, the term, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, people, unfortunately, um, you know, are also in a lot of instances looking for those shortcomings, which is a, which is a bizarre statement, but regardless of social media, et cetera, I always felt, you know, it was, it was, it's the right thing to do. Uh, you want to build a company that's reflective of your own personal values. And of course, you want those values then to, to emanate through every interaction you have with your employees, with, with vendors, with your mm-hmm. customers. 
um, because at the end of the day, like I said, it's 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 uh, it's it's about reputation. And I think for me, if you went around to people and you said, you know, what do you think about Joe Grishkovic? I think they'd say, well, he's a good guy. And, mm-hmm. and I would rather have somebody say, well, he's a good guy uh, than just about anything else uh, uh, about me, because I think there's a lot to be said for that. And it's just the right thing to do, Donnie. I know I don't want to sure. seem like I'm, you know, on my high horse here preaching, but it, it's, it's no, absolutely no, no. the right thing to do. But it begins yeah. with the leader and the leader cannot compromise those values in any, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, in any way, shape or form. And what I have seen in my 35 year career is if you do the right thing, it always works out. I, I don't know, mm. why, but it always works out. Um, doing the wrong thing. I've seen people do the wrong thing and it not necessarily fail. Yeah. Um, but doing doing the right thing always seems to find a way to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a powerful way to end uh, our conversation today, uh, my friend. So, you know, doing the right thing, uh, everything will always work out. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for uh, being a guest. Uh, you know, this week it's been great. This has been the Only Dream Big podcast. We'll uh, see you next week. All right, man. Take care, Donnie. If you like today's podcast, tune in to our social media to get updates on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook uh, at Only Dream Big Inc. Uh, and hit the subscribe button below. That's all for today, folks. See you next time. Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donnie Bedney. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on dreaming big, Let's hear from the man himself. So, hey, uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Only Dream Big podcast. I am your host, Donnie Bedney. Uh, So excited today to have one of my favorite people uh, in the world uh, to have a conversation with today, uh, Joe Grishkoviak. Excited. think that he has uh, a number of gems to share uh, with you and uh, uh, the rest of our listeners who you decide to share with. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Donnie. I, I appreciate it. And Donnie and I have gotten the opportunity to know each other pretty well over the last five, six years. Uh, we worked together for a period of time uh, at Press Ganey. Mm-hmm. And uh, prior to Press Ganey, I've been, I've been in healthcare for 35 years. I've, I've seen quite the evolution uh, of the industry, both mm-hmm. on the provider side as well as on the business services side. Uh, I still remain involved with Prescani. I'm an independent board member. I'm also the vice chairman of SOC Telemed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a board member and partner for uh, Abundant Venture Partners mm-hmm. here in Chicago. So I'm keeping myself active, Donnie, but uh, <laughs> I'm done with the 20 hours a day operating businesses, which obviously you get to do now. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to watch watch somebody else do it. But it's it's been it's great to run across people like Donnie. Uh, who really continue to, to challenge you to think differently about the industry, about the opportunities. So uh, it is my pleasure to, to, to be here with you this morning. Yeah, man. Well, well thanks for that. Um, you know, and, and appreciate your time. You know, I think uh, folks like us don't necessarily use the word busy, 
but our calendars are always full. So you have one of the uh, fullest calendars for uh, a retired person uh, that I've <laughs> <Not as well, laughs> I known, but uh, knew that you uh, wouldn't be on the couch, quote unquote, for, for too long. Um, so, so let's just hop in, man. You know, I, I, I know that you were, you know, like born and raised in Chicago, uh, you know, right. And, and, uh, would love to, if you, if you don't mind, you can, and you can take us back as far as you, as far as you want to, frankly, um, you know, but, but to, you know, growing up in Chicago, you know, did you always, you know, see yourself as, you know, a CEO, an investor, an individual on, you know, multiple boards? Was that something you always aspired to? Uh, or at what point did that kind of click for you? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a great question. I do know as far back as I can remember, and my mother would, uh, she would definitely uh, validate the story. I just wanted to wear a suit and tie, quite honestly. My, 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 my parents, <laughs> my parents were blue collar workers, you know, here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was always enamored with one of our, it wasn't really a neighbor, but somebody in the neighborhood. And the guy was uh, wore a suit and tie every day. And, and I couldn't <laughs> figure out why he got to wear a suit and tie every day. But I really wanted to wear a suit and tie every day. Clearly, as I began to get a bit older, you know, I, I recognized that, you know, education was probably where uh, I needed to invest to ultimately give me that opportunity to do, to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it was that education I went to school here in Chicago at DePaul University. I put myself through college mm-hmm. and I put myself through college by working jobs in, in hospitals. It was wow. really my introduction to healthcare, mm-hmm. And it was really through those experiences where, uh, again, I don't necessarily know what the outcome was at the time, but, but I certainly was drawn to the passion and the mission of healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, important. I, you, know, you know, you don't have to be a clinician necessarily. Yep be drawn to that mission and to that passion. And uh, so I, when I got out of college, like any you know, good college student, you go to the people you know to get a job and it kept me in, in, in the healthcare field. But mm-hmm. it really wasn't until my time at Premier uh, where uh, I began to get involved more in strategy and business development that I really began to find a passion uh, for developing uh, healthcare businesses. And it became incredibly exciting to me. And it, it's interesting. I think that's where things began to pivot for me from a job um, mm-hmm. or to a, a career. And, and my career uh, became a little bit clearer for me, which was I wanted to continue to incubate and operate businesses mm-hmm. that I think had a an opportunity to make a significant transformational impact um, yeah. in healthcare. Uh, I, I think when we started broadly, so I, I was at premiere for most of the 90s and I left uh, in 2000 mm-hmm. start a company with a handful of other healthcare uh, veterans called Broadlane which okay. was a supply chain business um, okay. it was a tech enabled business so it had a technology layer it had a group purchasing organization that had a professional services component Mm-hmm. And yeah. this, and Joe, just did, this was a brand new business, right? Brand like a startup. Business. That's uh, exactly yeah. right. Leveraging this thing called the internet uh, back <laughs> in, in 2000. To That's business. amazing timing. Interesting. Yeah, right. It's yeah. just it, it wasn't that long ago, but it it, it seems that long ago. Um, but it was interesting to me uh, some of the challenges that healthcare had uh, relative to maybe other industries as it related to their ability to really transform. It was much more challenging in, in, in the healthcare setting. And so what I recognize is that there are certain assets, I call them platform assets, 
sure. uh, that really provide the opportunity to have a material impact and transform healthcare. And I think what we had with Broadlane was we were building it into what I would call a platform. Everybody wants to be a platform partner in healthcare, mm -hmm. but the reality is very few platform partners. Most folks that still do business in healthcare today are, are vendors. Yeah. And to distinguish yourself between a vendor and a platform, in a platform, number one, you, you have to be able to address uh, either a significant challenge or opportunity that a healthcare system is facing. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to do it in a in a, an effective, comprehensive way. So it's not a, a piece of a solution. You're offering sure. a total solution. You yep. use technology to to automate so that the health system can uh, gain the value of of scale, yeah. uh, value of consistency across its operations. And mm -hmm. then the same thing, Donnie, as you know, at Press Gainey, yeah. was to really build out a platform around patient experience and caregiver engagement and safety. Uh, yeah. and quality. But along the way, what I found was just my voice getting stronger and my desire mm. to be much more influential from a strategy and leadership perspective. And I think, again, those are the things that ultimately sort of catapulted me in my career into those leadership positions was, sure. was really that, that true desire. So I always saw myself somewhere along the lines as being an executive. Mm -hmm. I don't my path in any way, shape, or form was linear. I don't, I, you know, I don't think many careers are. I think they kind yeah. of go all over the place. But I do think it's important never to lose sight yeah. where you want to go because sometimes you have to take uh, those detours, and those detours, quite honestly, can be incredibly helpful and healthy for a career. Mm -hmm. but, but but keep an eye on is it ultimately getting you where you want to go uh, yeah. as executive? And you know, I'm now I'm going to sound old, Donnie, but. You know that I, I, I and and I don't know that 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 uh, you know folks that are coming into the industry today, yeah. uh, thinking about it that way. I think the way we're brought up was you know to think about your career in, in, in kind of in, in in that longitudinal way and yeah. you do. Uh, I, I think today that the generation that's coming into the industry today, very mm -hmm. mission oriented. I love to see it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I was amazed. I know doing some interviews before I left Prescani, the amount of people that would in the interview process be asking me about the mission of the organization. So mission orientation is incredibly important. Uh, but then when you start to probe a little bit about an individual's longer term goals, um, mm -hmm. you know, at least for me, you don't quite get the conciseness. In other words, uh, I think the generation today is very focused on contributing today that yep. mission orientation. Um, and, and maybe doesn't have that same longer term focus and maybe that longer term, you know, that those longer term goals become in the focus, yeah. you know, over a period of time where I think, again, my generation, um, mm -hmm. you were kind of, again, you were, you were, you were kind of brought up in a way to, to, to think about ultimately, you know, uh, that those, those longer term goals, but, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, it, I'm not saying there's a right way. It's just, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's worked, right? And so it, one of the things that we like to do here is just kind of share practical and pragmatic pieces, man. So just unpacking a couple of the things that you just talked about. One, you know, just, it, it, you know, seeing education and, you know, you talked about the suit thing and, you know, both of us are, are, are more casual today, arguably, than, you know, most people probably know us. Right. <laughs> I think we, we may have gained the titles of, you know, the two best uh, dress men uh, when we did work together. I, I was for a sure. second. I was a <laughs> second. I, I will refute that. But, um, you know, with that, I think it, it, it's interesting that you talked about 
um, you know, the opportunity to, you know, while you were working to pay for college, getting exposed to an industry um, and, and, you know, and taking on different roles in that and how that time, you know, in that industry developed into a passion. And so, you know, just as people are listening, I think that, that, you know, no matter what your age is, I think that it's important that as you continue to work in whatever industry or roles and stuff that you are, that it's okay to think about, all right, well, I'm, I'm not really passionate about what I'm doing today. Um, you know, and so explore something else and that may be in the same industry, right? Um, but it could be in something else. And so I'm wondering from you, you know, if you did not develop a passion for, you know, healthcare, and this is all retrospective, but, um, and maybe a better question is this, since you did develop a passion, did that passion, um, you know, help you, as you mentioned, you know, through some of the ups and downs, because I can only imagine that, you know, if you weren't passionate about it, you would have been like, you know, to hell with this, um, you know, and, and found something else. Yeah, I, I yes. So I, I think the passion wasn't just for healthcare. Okay. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the passion grows for the people you work with as well. And those mm. are things that ultimately propel you. I, I, I know, you know, use the Broadlane example as a, as a great example. You know, we were a couple years into the Broadlane model mm-hmm. when the when the tech bubble burst. Uh, and it was wow. a time where, you know, it was those were dark days where it would have been easy to kind of hang it up and say, you know what, I'm just going to go back and get a more traditional job. But at sure. the time, we had a couple hundred hospitals that had contracted with us. We mm-hmm. had a couple hundred employees at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the passion wasn't just for healthcare itself and, and what we're doing, but but the passion for the commitment that you've made and living up to those commitments, I think, are incredibly uh, important. And wow. you know, I, I I value my reputation above all else. And you know, sure. that reputation comes from doing the right thing. I think time and time are trying to do the right thing time and time again. And so when things get tough, you know, that that's when true. It's easy to be a leader when things are good. It just is, yep. right? Hey, Numbers are good. Clients are happy. Your employees are happy. It's easy to be a leader. <laughs> to your sure. point, real leaders mm-hmm. urge in challenging times. The ability mm. to lead an organization, the ability to lead a client base, mm-hmm. very, very challenging time, to me, is the absolute best indication of leadership qualities. And, you know, not just for myself, but I, again, it's my time as CEO, particularly at Prescani. Looking at those attributes of individuals uh, is very, very important as you kind of assess true leadership qualities. You know, people mm-hmm. can contribute in a variety of different ways. You don't necessarily have to be a quote unquote leader to make a material impact. Sure. Uh, but as people begin, you know, elevate and you're you're looking for that type of leadership, seeing how they respond in challenging mm. times is probably the best indicator of what type of leader you ultimately have. And so I, I can look back at, to your point, those challenging times. And mm-hmm. I, there was never a sense of give up. I, I, I think, you know, somebody told me one time, um, Joe, I, I think you hate losing more than you like winning. Mm. And, 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 and I think there's a lot to it. We all like the victories, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but nobody, nobody likes to necessarily fail. And sure. a lot of the passion there uh, is around just the absolute, you know, commitment not, not to fail and, and to do whatever it takes. 
And uh, those are those are attributes that I think again uh, are good attributes for for leaders or or potential leaders, which is this desire just not to fail. Mm. Wow, man. Too. Uh, I love that statement around um, you know ha- hating to lose more than uh, you love to win. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, you, you got a bull's hat on, right? And so I think <laughs> one of the uh, one of the individuals that I've heard. You know, talk about you know similar passion. Uh, used to wear that uh, logo, uh, that number twenty-three. Um, and I also know that you know um, Kobe Bryant. Uh, you know, and listening to a, a bunch of his interviews and stuff, kind of expressed uh, you know a 